Hey everybody and welcome to InfernoCast episode number 024. I am Inferno Fox, host of this podcast as well as the YouTube's Inferno Fox gaming channel. You can find us here on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and much much more. Joining me today is my wonderful cast and crew. We have Jamie Owls, my partner and partner in crime. Jamie Owls, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, I'm glad to be here. And glad to have you here with us. Next up, we have Storm Rose Sky of the Twitch and YouTube channels of Storm Rose Sky. Storm, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here this evening. Absolutely. And next up is Astromedes, developer and co-owner of Second Place Games. Astromedes, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Backseat game developing with you. Absolutely. <laughs> with us in spirit, though not physically, is Jason the 13th. He is and has the ownership of the YouTube channel of Jason the 13th. But last and definitely, certainly not least, is Simbu Darkfang. He's a resident level five grandpa, main actor over at Basement of the Dead, located in Aurora, Illinois. That again is Basement of the Dead. So if you're in the, the local Chicagoland area, def definitely recommend checking that out. And finally, Simbu Darkfang is the best fork knife player. Don't argue with me on this. Simbu, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, happy Easter, everybody. And it is going to be a very happy Easter because we have a fantastic topic to run through here. And we're really going to be discussing the aftermath and afterbirth that is the Game Awards that was on last Thursday, December 7th. And this is something that where like Jamie Alls caught about everything but like the last 45 minutes i i watched the whole thing um i believe uh simbu and storm y'all were playing fork knife so i don't know if you had it on in the background but even if you didn't catch it live we had a lot of fun with it here because our previous podcast was making some really cool predictions on the various uh games and everything like that and topics and so i'm gonna i'll be sharing my screen shortly to be running through that but within the game, Game Awards itself, there was a there was a lot of fun with it. Like uh, Christopher Judge's shade against the Modern Warfare Three's campaign to the crazy fluke guy at the end. Uh, you know, let's let's discuss it. Um, but again, I'm going to run through and attempt to share my screen here. It's just like a meeting at work where somebody is going to be trying to share their screen and then they go mute and they're like, "We can't see your screen." It's going to be like what, like that again. All right. So let's talk about the results for the Game Awards. The number one thing is we hit, we did 20 categories and we each predicted and put our own personal votes. And the big winner for the predictions was me. I'm the big winner. I got the most correct. I ended up with 11 of them. So hooray to me. But as I mentioned in the previous podcast, there was a prize. I'm not going to win the prize because what the heck is that? What, what, what am I going to win my own prize? Second place went to Jamie Owls and Storm Rose Sky for having 10 out of 20 where I, I had 11. And Jamie Owls is my partner. So she gets the good grace of being with me as her gift. <laughs> so that, that that's her prize you're the gift that keeps on giving i i do i'm like the cats with the litter box also oh though storm oh, actually prize. wins a, a prize and storm what did you end up winning the peaches princess peaches showtime pre-order i'm excited thank you thank you thank you no problem. So they, that, thank you guys yeah. again for joining us with and and just doing this prediction. It was a, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of a lot of good discussion and everything like that. Uh, after Jamie Owls and Storm was Jason the thir the thirteenth and Astromedes with nine out of twenty correct. And last and definitely certainly not least was Simbu with eight out of I think I said nine out of ten. I'm sorry, nine out of twenty. Uh, Simbu had eight out of twenty. So. Uh, this is, I, I want to just kind of highlight something here. Just really impressed with how well everybody did with the predictions, considering I know a lot of us didn't play uh, a, a lot of these games. I think 
Uh, you know, honestly, though, I think Simbu, Jamie Owls, Storm, and myself probably played a, a, the most out of all of these games. Um, Astromedes, I know you played a, a number of uh, more indie games that, that were PC. I played stuff. none of these games. <laughs> Still got nine correct. <laughs> And, Good job. And so like I, I think between like you and Jason having the the least played out of all these new games, uh, I think we all really did well. It kind of shows our, our finger on the pulse of kind of gaming industry, knowing how these game boards kind of work, and also knowing very clearly here that Baldur's Gate was gonna was gonna make a run. It didn't, it didn't win everything like we th- like we kind of thought they were gonna. But I mean, I think they still won like five out of the eight of the awards that that they were nominated. Um, so kind of briefly, a pretty I just good wanna, showing. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want to briefly talk about the the show itself. Um, one of the things, especially like the these wins and everything like that. Um, I don't know. I think one of the reasons I picked Island Wake Two was I was expecting some sort of like upset where. It was going to come and, and kind of win win a surprise thing just because like it won Time Magazine's Game of the Year, you know, for because Time Magazine, they, they do a lot of video gaming. So I was like, I was ready for the upset. But the up, upset was, I think, with the game direction of the year, because uh, Simbu, uh, Jason, Astromedes, I, I, um, and Storm, I think you would even mentioned it, but like you guys mentioned just the way that tears of the kingdom really ran with the whole building aspect kind of you guys almost convinced me to pick tears of the kingdom over Baldur's gate for game direction because y'all made a really compelling argument but then alan wake 2 and ends up winning that and i initially misunderstood the category and expected direction as a more literal sort of movie direction and during our prediction podcast i mistakenly predicted alan wake 2 for the wrong reason so I was half right. <laughs> gotcha. No, that's that, that that's a, a a good point though. And it's not it, really. I mean, <laughs> okay. Last time I I'd be nice and agree with you. No. Um, but it's it's funny how many uh, game uh, awards that Island Wake itself ended up winning because you can see it, it won three here, uh, whereas Zelda only won just just one and that was this game was the sequel to the game of the year in 2017 um but yeah Baldur's Gate 3 game of the year itself um do we have any thoughts on that kind of being the the game of the year See, that one I, I feels mean, sorry go ahead go ahead no, no, no go ahead uh, that I was just going to say that one feels okay to me. I don't have any gut like some of the other categories. I don't have any gut uh, <laughs> reaction about that one feeling wrong. Um, I think it's neat to see it as game of the year. I think a lot of work and some sort of innovative stuff combined with some old stuff went into it to make like what feels like a decent contender and pick for it to me. Yeah, uh, hot slice. That makes a good amount of sense. Uh, Simbu, how? Uh, you, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say when it comes to Tears of the Kingdom, the the hardest part of any gaming company or genre or release is going first. As you can see, out of nine, probably what ninety percent of this year's list, Tears of the Kingdom was the first release. So, not only do you have Tears of the Kingdom coming out back in, I believe, what, March this year? Is that correct? Uh, It came out in um, mid to late May. Okay. So, in and of itself, I mean, you still look along the lines. And, of course, a lot of these, you know, games are, you know, currently developed, you know, in development and in their post-stage development processes. But when you have a game that goes first that comes out like Tears of the Kingdom and has some groundbreaking new, you know, mechanic um, for it, you see a lot of other, you know, there's still the potential for game game devs to go, oh boy, that's something big. We've got to do something. We've got to do something extra now. 
The only thing, the only counter argument to that is what can devs do to sort of change or right the ship when the let uh, you mentioned it, that you thought it came out in March, but it came, comes out in mid May. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 came out in late August and Alan Wake came out in October. When you think about it, what what sort of changes can a game like that make within the last three months of its release that can't already be, be done with like the like the bones of the game itself is already set. It's already in stone. You're not really going to see like many different changes with that. But I, f- I feel like your argument is absolutely valid in the sense that there's like a recency bias. Like a lot of these critics and everything like that just got done playing Alan Wake 2 because that released in late late October. It just mm-hmm. made the line for to, to meet this year's uh, awards. So like they've really got that on, on their mind. So like, of course, that's going to leave a greater impression than a game released in March or May. I guess the counter argument is, well, again, Breath of the Wild did uh, win Game of the Year in December of 2017 when that game released in March. So that must have left a good impression. But I still think you you have an excellent uh, an, an excellent argument there. And it, in my thoughts, it's the, the recency bias that, that has well, that. And not not to mention not not only recent, you know, potential recency bias, um, but again and to your point of what can these companies do in late stages when a big name title something like that releases um polishing you know for all we know you know like that um you know yeah mid-may late august you know that's not a lot of time but that's plenty of time for polishing you know fine-tuning making sure that everything's running right, making sure that everything's going good. And then of course you got Alan Wake two in October, which is even more time to make sure that when this game comes out, that there are absolutely the minuscule, minuscule amount of glitches or unpolishedness, things that are not going to be seen because like that tears of the kingdom kind of put everybody on notice. Like, Hey, this is a big game and this is a really good game. So if you guys want to be up to snuff, you really better crunch. Yeah, and it's it's funny because like Tears of the Kingdom itself, it, it it had been in development for almost six years. So I I don't think it's I, I personally don't feel like it's the release itself so much as it's like ball the Larian Studios and um the developer for Alan Wake 2, they know it's the year that Tears of the Kingdom came out. That's when we're they're planning to get it out. So they're like, oh crap if we're going to release this and it's going to be the same year as Zelda, like if they're thinking uh, with Alan Wake 2 starting production in uh, mid-2019 and Larian Studios, uh, wasn't that a, was that a five-year production? I, th- I think it was. Um, you, you, about got, right. you got these four to five-year productions where they're aiming for 2023. Just like Simbu's saying, you're, you're, your crosshairs are focused on the year a, a, Zelda, a major Zelda game comes out. I mean, every year a Zelda game comes out, but like the Zelda game. And so I really think we we need to give kudos, especially to Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 for being able to, I, I almost said the word usurp, but assuming that it was Zelda's awards to to lose, but it kind of was. Like it, it, Zelda's known to have that pedigree. And Ball, I really think Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 deserve it as well because these are high quality games. Everybody loves them. The, the sales of, oh, I don't know how the sales have been for Alan Wake 2. They they haven't been publishing that. So that, that's interesting. But Baldur's Gate 3 has had a enormous, um, excellent positive reception up to and including, uh, I should mention that Baldur's Gate 3 shadow, shadow dropped on xbox uh series x and s the the evening after uh or i guess right after the game awards so it was a real treat for xbox users to be able to finally play Baldur's gate 3 um were there any surprises that like any games that won that kind of surprised you asked i know um astromedes you'd mentioned that um there were other things that that kind of caught your eye on that yeah, well, in particular, 
So I, to be fair, full disclosure, I've not actually played Alan Wake 2, but in the interim, particularly since our last podcast with predictions, I've actually sort of looked a lot into it. I've read some articles on it, watched some gameplay, heard some other podcasts talk a bit more about it. Um, and that make the more I learn about it, the more kind of surprising it is to know that it actually won the um, best direction uh, category uh, only because it sounds like the game is actually very light on mechanics, particularly innovative mechanics to me. To me, my takeaway from, and I'm, I'm really not trying to even disparage the game, but really say that I think its strengths, um, or I'm sorry, is it, uh, so it won direction... Let me review here before I continue to talk. So it yeah. won direction, narrative, narrative and, and so art it won direction. Art and game direction yeah, okay. And so yeah. art art direction seems completely justified to me. I would say art direction is a complete non-surprise because I think to me, at least in my, you know, admittedly probably flawed opinion of the game, it seems to me that this game was pretty brown groundbreaking in terms of presentation. I think the presentation seems pretty spectacular. The way they mix uh, directed kind of like uh, live video stuff with the gameplay, it's like very kind of like unique time to be doing that kind of thing where it no longer looks like, you know, uh, Sewer Shark on Sega CD, uh, full motion video <laughs> uh, interstitials where it's a jarring break from the gameplay and then a jump back to the gameplay where now it's pretty seamless a lot of the exam like nearly seamless a lot of the examples i saw i think it's pretty neat to see uh that occurring so i would say in terms of art direction seems very well deserved and appropriate to me but in terms of both narrative and uh gameplay direction which is supposed to be my take from reading the description of the category is that was really supposed to be kind of like innovative or new and impressive sort of like gameplay features um and to me from everything I saw in Alan Wake's actual gameplay seemed not, not particularly deep or particularly innovative. And again, I'm really not even trying to trash the game because not every game needs those things, but it seems kind of surprising to me that they gave it direction because that feels almost like a misinterpretation of the category. Like I first said, because if, if the cat, if the category was best cinematic direction or something, I think maybe that would make sense. But to me, the gameplay, uh, it, it feels surprising to me. The gameplay in Alan Wake was, uh, hailed as being particularly, uh, innovative. Um, Jay Mills, you actually played it, didn't you? How off base do you think I am? No, you're really accurate in everything you said. I, to be honest, I haven't even finished the game because I was kind of at a part where I'm really stuck, so I need to take a break. But you're you're very spot on with everything that you were mentioning. So one of the things that made me think of that, uh, Astromedes, because you you make an excellent point. I, I kind of remembered some of the conjecture with like Oscars and stuff like that is like whoever wins the best director, that's kind of like the silver medal prize for the best picture thing. I'm wondering if, if with how Jeff Keeley is with wanting to make this a, a love letter to Hollywood or marrying Hollywood with video games, if that's kind of how he sells it to the, the critics and everything like that, that actually make the votes towards the, the game and and so like Alan Wake 2 would be like the silver medal winner to compared to you know uh freaking Baldur's Gate 3 yeah that's I mean it, uh, under that interpretation it 100% makes perfect sense yeah because it did feel like to me that that was the other like big contender for game of the year so so one of the things kind of on that that Hollywood slant during the presentation itself we had uh, actors like Anthony Mackie going in there with like, he, he had a five minute intro and he's literally joking around and like talking to like singly to little heck hecklers shouting at him during the whole thing where the, the time that he's trying to present his award, it, like it's like five to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and then you got the whole Hideo Kojima with uh, Jordan Peele. That was a like a, a six to eight minute segment. And then you got Matthew McConaughey and his all right, all right, all right for like, three to four minutes and everything like that. And then the other side of that is you got 13 individuals 
actually accepting awards on stage. 13, there's 35 categories, but 13 actual like people accepting awards on stage and them being limited to a hard 30 seconds. And where if they eclipse that 30 second mark, you get the band playing them off. If they hit 20 seconds, there's a little uh, sign that that faces them that, that says, uh, please wrap it up. And it's a thing where, uh, it was quite telling. I saw somebody on YouTube talk about how you got AJ Anuma, one of the producer for uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, where he's being told, wrap it up. You've got the director and producer for Baldur's Gate 3, the game of the the game of the year award, giving his speech, being told, please wrap it up. And it's like it, it I feel like it's a disrespect to the developers accepting awards, especially when there's about a third of the individuals actually accepting awards for again, 13 out of 35. And then it's that whole love letter letter that Jeff Keeley has towards Hollywood where he's trying to like, just, it's almost like he's trying to justify the, the legitimacy of video games as an equal to Hollywood. When we've discussed this before in our, uh podcast here that it doesn't equal it it is Mm -mm. more than that it's above it it's more it sells more there's more interactivity it's its own brand of art um kind of getting into that and and storm i'm gonna uh, kind of call on you for this i also want to get your thought on whether or not you think that whole 30 seconds per thing is fair as well as this whole Hollywood mentality to the game awards themselves. Cause I know there's a bit of an art slant with, with that too. Storm, what are, what are your thoughts? It is absolutely ridiculous that the developers and the makers of these games, the whole reason for the award show were given 30 seconds, especially when there's only 13 out of 35, give me a freaking break. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to do is make um, video gaming mainstream. I'm going to pro- pull out the nerd word, but video gaming, as huge as it is, it mm-hmm. is still a nerd community. Okay, so adding Hollywood, that was my, yes, my air quoting around <laughs> nerd. Um, so bringing in the big Hollywood names to, you know, try to garner attention. Now, I know um, Mackie was in the Twisted Metal TV show, the whatever. So it makes sense having him as a presenter, but he should have had, you know, five minutes, half of his time. And you get a couple more categories up there because believe it or not, the people that are watching and listening to this and are watching those awards, their heroes are in the crowd. You are giving them, you mm-hmm. know, flashy hurrah. And people who are watching these shows want to hear what their developers have in next. Like maybe they'll throw a tidbit of, you know, get you excited for what they're working on next or something. That's what you're looking for. You're not looking for Matthew McConaughey to do. All right. All right. All right. I mean, he's great at it, but yeah. And and keep going, but yeah, that's just annoying. It's disrespectful for all of them who have put time in a lot of time and hard work goes into making these games what they are. The engineering and coding and everything that goes on beyond behind it, I have huge respect for. So it's disrespectful. The yeah, show, and- I'm sorry. The show is meant for video game and video game development and the writers. The show is not based on the actors themselves. It shouldn't be. Yeah, a- a- absolutely, and, and it's and even if it's based on actors, it should be all. It should be the actors should be one of many of the aspects and actors that actually acted within the games themselves. They did they, they voice them like uh, Ben uh, Ben Starr and uh, the the gentleman that won Baldur's Gate three. Uh, I can't remember what his I, I'm, uh, Neil Newbon. I think his name is. I cheated. Yes, uh, or even Yuri uh, Lowenthal. Uh, as Peter Parker have like right and have Kane Hodder come out there who's done like the uh, motion capturing for Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre people would love to see him I would love to see him and you know yeah so like you got the whole Hollywood aspect and then you've got the commercial aspect where they they world premiere world premiere I, I do like those although they they tend to hit more like um 
that like whole shooter aspect and that like the whole Western type of game aspect. Um, but, but like, I, I feel like the game awards should be a little bit more about how the donuts are made versus trying to be something that it's, it's not. Um, yeah. I mean, you could argue like what, uh, I guess I, I would ask myself what I'm thinking as we have this discussion is, you know, like, who is the show actually for? I'm wondering, you know, is it actually for, you know, publishers to some extent? Like, is it, you know, like, because to me, while the, um, while game players, gamers, you know, are uh, going to watch anything like that, like, I, I would almost think it's really like a more of a weird kind of like industry level event that is like at a level beyond or outside of the actual developers like the awards are for these things but like thinking about the example of like the oscars say it's like you know how i don't know i guess like thinking about how much the actual uh kind of artists are really rewarded for that i guess you know directors always get to say something you know actors of course are obvious choice i suppose it is a lot more direct kind of in what the show is about for that and i i feel like overall the marrying it to hollywood thing is probably like a bit unnecessary at this point like it feels a little bit mm -hmm. like a thing that doesn't know exactly what it is or who it is for because like i said i'm kind of grasping to think of what and i'm sure you know if you break it down like there is a very kind of like monetary line like i wonder what high level decisions get made as a result of these awards if we could break down you know where real decisions are made based on those awards maybe you know follow the money whatever maybe that's uh who it's really for um so to me i almost feel like this is like at the level of you know like publishers and sort of like groups like that yeah because uh, it's oh i'm sorry simple go ahead um i i mean i i guess i'm gonna have the hot take on this one um but when it comes to accepting award, like accepting the the, the awards and stuff like that, a, a lot of these developers and you know studio heads and project leads and things like that have done countless countless interviews with all the major you know uh, gaming outlets and things like that. And now my the thing is though is if they allow them to go long and you know talk about the gaming aspects of the thing stuff that they've you know gone over in interviews and, and you know that, that are published online um and my question would be is how many gamers have gone and watched any of these dev interviews with like ign or gamer rant or anything like that because to be honest with you i don't really watch many of the interviews so getting, you know, like how the sausage is made on a award show, you know, which is already very flashy and very, you know, Hollywood and oh, red carpet and all that, you know, now you're talking, you know, you're going to bring out like all the, you know, devs. Granted, I do think 30 seconds is a bit is a bit disrespectful. Um you know, in, in the scheme of um, time allotments. But realistically, if you give some of these devs five minutes up there when they accept the uh, awards for their games, what are they really going to say that they haven't already said in other interviews? Well, look, look, look at it this way. <laughs> Think about Christopher Judge when he accepted the best performance last year when his speech was eight minutes. I feel like this year was a very hard reaction to that particular event. And it was something where they went a little too hard on that end. And maybe they need to do something where like you got the 30 seconds and then you got another 30 seconds to where that please wrap it up sign pops up. And then after that minute period, that's when the, the, like the music starts to play. And yeah, and you make a good point about the 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 donuts being made thing sort of thing where when they're accepting the the award, let them take the time to thank everybody that 
uh, has helped to support them, thank their team, thank the people who couldn't make it, because that that was an important thing where Baldur's Gate 3, when they were accepting the award for Game of the Year, they were trying to say thanks to all, all the team who literally died during the uh, the event that shall not be named for fear of demonetization on, on this cast here uh, a couple years ago, where, okay, we want to honor them by mentioning them but the music's already rearing up and going and everything it's like come on guys let's 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 find a happy medium and maybe even give a little bit more time for other awards like the esports because we need to know we need to know who is the best esports coach right astromedes you need to know who the best esports that's important yeah, is- I, I I don't actually necessarily disagree with your your hot take there, Symbol. Like, that's kind of why I was wondering out loud, you know, like, who are, who is this award show, like, yeah. really for, to, to some extent? Because by putting all the Hollywood stuff in there, it's like, the gamers don't need that. They'll show up just to see the news about games exactly. and people accepting yep. the awards. Exactly. But I actually agree, most gamers, they don't know, care about how the sausage is made. They don't necessarily want to hear that what they want to hear is news about new games and rah 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 for stuff they like and the game they like and root for who they want to win um and i mean like the and there are other outlets like for for in-depth discussions about uh you know technical aspects of game development there's like game developers conferences there's many of those you know hour two hour long talks you can find for for free many of them if you really do care about how the narrative structure works in Baldur's Gate to to a very deep level um you know that information sort of is out there you know this is an award show we don't necessarily need to get into the details there and, and i mean uh, to some extent devs might even be uncomfortable in that sort of ha- environment half the time there there's yep. documentaries that are filmed about the making of for a lot of these games anyway books are written everything yep. like that so if you're interested unless the big caveat is nintendo and nintendo games there that's the big caveat there usually isn't anything about how those those are made but like and the opposite end is most Western studios. There's a lot of transparency and documentaries yeah. and everything like that 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 are made. Um, the, though even for I, Nintendo, that's becoming a little less true. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I just want to, you know, add that when I first said anything, it is that I don't think that they should get up there and be able to have endless time and tell the story of how anything is made. I don't know how I made that come across. Um, no, that, that I think that was me. My apologies. That was well. just a random yeah, offshoot, I think. Right, because while the developers there, it's silly to have a lot of them have 30 seconds of time that's just amazing and to add hollywood it feels cheesy to an industry that is already bigger than hollywood it's kind of like a really you're gonna go that a lot of gamers don't need the flashy flashy is in their video games you throw new video this is what we're working on here's a you know ooh coming from for playstation like xbox before somebody gets an award throw a little video up or something like that kind of flashy it already exists See, so adding more Hollywood to drag it along yep. for yeah. the like it was three and a half hours for what? Like by that or three yeah. By that time you're losing attention of a lot of people. So my my, my only my yeah. uh selfish part of the Hollywood thing I don't want them to take away is the orchestrated uh pre 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 thing before the best game award production because like when they do the little uh 30 seconds per game thing you got the Baldur's Gate theme you got Spider-Man 2 Alan Wake 2 uh yeah Alan Wake 2 and and uh the the Mario theme and the Zelda theme and and, and everything like that like I th- I think that's amazing especially that that dancing flute guy where he's really into it like hmm. it, it, just you know oh, yeah, the, the, yeah. That that kind of stuff is really neat, but like, yeah, <laughs> Hollywood to me is bringing in the actors who have you know catchphrases to like add flashy where you don't really need to add flashy. Have last year's winner uh, give the presentation, whatever, to extend those people time and then cut developers is just a silly way to go. It seems that it's is like- all, but like, 
all the added little things to make the show a show, you have to make it entertaining. Otherwise, people aren't going to watch because just to read off of words, man, we've been, we've all been through that in school, you know? It's so, like yeah. they're trying Sorry, to Jamie get... Else. No, it's okay. I was just going to say that it's like they're trying to me seems like they're being desperate for views and thinking that maybe if they add a couple of Hollywood actors that they're going to get more views, which to me, I don't think it's necessary. Like Astromedia says, you, you have to know your audience. To and, who... and, mm-hmm. and to, to piggyback on what uh, Jamie Owls is saying, the this 2023 show was the, lo- the uh, most viewed show since it its original inception and release back in 2014 and even before when it was the the spike awards or whatever when it was on spike tv we got something where there it was 3.5 million people uh that were watching it at, at its peak and on average 3.2 million were were watching it whereas last year it those numbers were 2.2 and 2 million respectively so you got a 58% increase overall you, it has its audience. People are watching this. It, it, it's being seen. And uh, I, I'm going to have to Google the how many people were watching the Oscars this year. But I feel like that that was beating that. But I, 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 I OK, I, I'm wrong. Sorry. It, it, <laughs> Oscars were uh, 16.6 million um, for 2022 and 10.4 million for uh, 2021. So but again, it's not something where like gamers are going to always just watch this. It, it, Astromedia's point is very, very salient here where it's like, who is this for? It's for, it, it should focus on celebrating the games that were released, awarding those games for all of its efforts in the categories. It should be about thanking and allowing those developers who win the awards to celebrate their win within an appropriate amount of time and the, the the game premieres, the, the world premieres. And once you hit all of that, maybe you can even help shrink down the bloated three and a half hour show down to something more reasonable, like two, two and a half hours. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I, a lot I, of the Hollywood identity is just a, a, a partly a reaction to get it away from that like spike gamer identity yeah. <laughs> that it originally had. So maybe it's like uh, we're like laundering the, uh, the 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 theming and style of the show. Maybe we just need to go through this Hollywood phase and then we can drop some of that Hollywood pretension and sort of make it a more normal show now that we've completely off ramped away from uh, Spike TV Mountain Dew gamer. Simbu, you were going to say? I, my the only reason why I, I, I'm, you know, I, I think that they a big part of the reason why they bring on some of these big names is like that Matthew McConaughey has a big role in an upcoming game, um, you know, Chris Judge obviously massive, you know, role in the God of War series, um, but you, you bring in these Holly, you know, like these performing artists, you know, you because they are comfortable in front of the cameras. My question becomes how many of these devs like from studios, even if they're, you know, even if they've done a hundred interviews, like the guys for, you know, from Larry and who have probably done hundreds of interviews, how comfortable realistically are they like this? This is different. Us being on a podcast. Like if I'm the head of Larry and studios, giving an interview on a podcast format from a Skype call or a zoom call, Versus standing in front of hundreds of people and then having to put on a show, you know, somebody like me who comes from performance background, it's a whole lot different when I'm filming promos for the upcoming season versus actually stepping out in front of the crowd and performing. So it, you know, some people are, they can have a lot to say right now but you put them in for, on a stage in front of a crowd and they got to perform. And that's, you know, the Bob's your uncle right there. You know, they, they freeze. So it could have been, you know, the 32nd thing again, big reaction to Chris judge last year, possibly trying to, you know, keep the devs from uh, the studios from floundering while they were giving their acceptance speeches. But I do agree storm. You, you did hit the nail on the head. It is it thirty seconds is a disgrace, especially for Larian, um, for the the people that they lost due to the last couple years. Mm. You know they should have. You know the the 
Jeff Keeley should have known, hey, if they win, they're going to want to talk about them. We should give them a few extra moments, you know, to, you know, and if they want to put a little musical score, like a, a, you know, a little musical score under their, hey, these people, we lost these people, you know, that's fine, but it shouldn't be the wrap up music. And especially like the, the category, the big category, the last one, like give them more than 30 seconds. Come on. Yeah. The yeah. Oscars gives the last category, you know, at least a minute. And I totally agree, Simbu. Some of those developers don't want to talk, so they should have the choice. Each one that goes up there, if they are allowed a minute, they're allowed a minute. If they have a lot to say, they have a lot to say. If they don't, they say their piece and their choice to walk off. If they're done, they're done instead of rushing them because, you know. It, it, and and it's, maybe there's language barriers for some developers. And, so, and that was a big like, that that yeah. was a big big thing where uh, there there were Japanese individuals accepting awards where they're giving their their speech and the person who's translating it is starting to get cut off by the music. I mean, oh, come yeah, on now, that happened. That's yeah, ignorant. That's obnoxious. Is, yeah, that's so ignorant. Mm, yeah, so like. I, I was getting real. I was getting a, a little bit pissed at that. Like, just let let the guy give the translation over to to present the thing. And it's like, right. uh, and it's interesting because there were previous winners from other from like previous like last year's categories that did present some awards. So it was nice where you had like developers and and workers in the in, in the industry do that. So you 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 can mix it up. Like that's that's totally cool but if if and there was an what was his name jeremy lu i think think he was the, he was the shang shang li and the seven rings he, he he was also another hollywood actor that presented it to simbu's point that 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 you know i guess that makes sense because he's another voice in another video game coming up so i mean there's some connection but it's like you don't always have to have the the big names and everything like that so ah uh, Kind of, my group kind of, is just their time, their time. I'm sorry. No, no. Talk on top of you, but my biggest complaint would be the time that those stars were given versus you know the people that you're there to celebrate. They should at least been given a minute to say what they want to say, and to get it out without being rushed. And maybe the presenters don't get eight minutes to present an award. You know, that's kind of a little. I don't if I don't think even the Oscars go that long. I'm trying to think of something they they might be longer as a you know in memoriam video when they played those of the actors who died or something or that's when it becomes long, but not a whole skit before. Exactly, and one of the nice things though is like yeah, it gets to be a bit Hollywood, but like the premieres themselves um, are are pretty cool because you get a good idea uh, on stuff that comes out. Um, uh, for me, uh, I, I kind of want to touch base on like what has been announced that might've caught, uh, everybody's eye. Um, it was tougher for me because Nintendo is almost to totally non-existent on these and has been since, uh, Sephiroth was announced in, I think 2020 or 2019 or 2020 as a DLC for smash brothers. Uh, before I lost my dar- darn mind on that, I can't think of the last time that a big Nintendo thing was announced. But even with that said, so like no Nintendo stuff, uh, I think for me, uh, some of the cool announcements I saw that was like the newest trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It was really great to see the whole golden saucer date mechanic from the OG Final Fantasy VII kind of being up, like back up and running and also being like, you know, super HD where you got these real lifelike looking Final Fantasy characters. So my inner uh, Final Fantasy weeb was squealing with in delight mm-hmm. um final fantasy 16 dlc was was cool i guess uh a new uh trials of mana or a new mana series game being announced was really cool like that hadn't visions seen of mana right that's what they're yeah. calling that one yeah where the last mainline uh mana game new one was dawn of mana back in 2006 so like i i was pretty happy to see stuff like that um so I'll open it up to you guys um, just to kind of see what you guys were most excited to see get announced or released. And if it's nothing, feel free to say that. 
Uh, Simbu, let me, let me start with you because you, you had some really good things that uh, you mentioned offline uh, in our chat that caught your eye. Well, I can only, I probably mentioned an extra one that's probably escaping me at the moment. But I mean, obviously the God of War DLC was, it was, I, I was so happy. Of course, it's out today as of the recording of this podcast. Um, and again, it was one of those things where it was like, is Santa Monica going to fall victim to it? They already said there's going to be no, you know, they, they blah, 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 are they going to backpedal? And then the big free DLC hits at the end yes. of the, the little trailer. And it's like, okay, <laughs> Santa Monica is they're 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 sticking to their guns. You know, they're, they're not going to fall victim to the EA trap, um, which is nice to see. And then, um, obviously the other big one was the Jurassic Park survival game. I can't wait. It's been a long time <laughs> since we've had a good Jurassic Park game. And I will tell you, I guarantee you somebody in the comments will probably bring it up. Well, we had the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Evolutions. Those were Sim and Tycoon. They were, those were Sim Tycoon games. I'm talking a you know, an adventure game like the original games for Nintendo or Sega um, or even the Telltale Jurassic Park game that came out for the 360. Um, but this is going to be interesting. A first person survival Jurassic Park game. This is going to be in, this is going to be this is on my on my I can't wait. And I know I'm going to probably have to wait a few years for it. Yeah, and it, it really hit it really hit and struck a chord for a lot of uh, us old people who saw the first Jurassic Park movie either in theaters or when it first came out because there were a bunch of great, great nods to that original movie. I mean, almost beat for beat, and it looks beautiful. The game looks phenomenal, and if if it if if some way it can marry the whole advent adventure aspect and even has a little bit of like horror thrown in there for to, to really get like the heart pumping like it, it sounds like that would be so exciting Jeff's well, kiss. It <laughs> yes <laughs> um it doesn't have to be you know horror um and and this is where the the you know i'm gonna get pedantic um just thriller you no that's that's horror. a good distinction you get that thriller survival aspect like because you don't have to see the gore like, or anything but like if right. you have that thriller sort of sense of like if you have that sort of sense of dread, you you've done your game. You've done your uh your your horror thriller, what have you game right. So I absolutely agree with you there, uh, Jamie Alice. I'm sorry you you were gonna say. Oh no, I was just um mentioning about the Jurassic Park game that is Chef's Kiss, like <laughs> a perfect survival game. So yeah. <laughs> oh, any other games that caught your eye, Jamie Alice? Uh, there was a couple. What Simbu mentioned was the Jurassic Park. Even though I'm not big into dinosaurs, but that game really caught my eye. And of course, I enjoyed the first movie. Um, back when I saw it as a kid, um, there's a couple of games that caught my eye when seeing the uh reviews. Um, Banishers: Ghost of New Eden, which comes out in February. And another game called, it looks like it was a remake. It's the Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons that caught my eye. So those are the really the two that caught my attention and then got, got me interested in wanting to play. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely really interesting looking games. Um, Storm, how about you? Would uh, any of the games catch your eye at all that were announced? Well, besides the God of War DLC, which is very, very exciting. I'm glad that is waiting for me once I get through Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> Jurassic Park is up there, and Blade. Oh, Blade, that's right. Too bad, you you can't, so, you're, too bad you're not going to be able yeah. to play it. Well, hold um, on, because they have <laughs> been they have been moot on that point. They have not said word really? one about any of it. Um, they, they why, why do you say she won't be able to play it? Because it's confirmed for uh, Xbox Series X mm. and S only. 
Ah, uh, really? Okay. Wait, well, is that actually confirmed? It that is confirmed. confirmed today. No, it, it 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 is a confirmed thing. Yeah, uh, it is not uh, going to be I'm coming to um, PlayStation systems at all. Well, that is a reason to get Steam if it's available there. Although I wonder if it'll be at PC. Some point. Well, because of um, I'm Google. Well, I was going to say the <laughs> last thing I heard. That's good radio. Arcane Leon has been was tight lipped about exclusivity on that game. Yeah, as of ten hours ago, it looks like people are talking that it is not coming to PS Five, which is just rough. yeah, because that with them being owned by Microsoft and um, te- well, technically they're owned by Zenimax slash Bethesda and then owned by Microsoft. But uh, we'll oh, see. Oh, there is a uh, can sure. of worms that I could open right now with. Good old Philly Spencer, if that's the case. That means we're buying you an Xbox Series S. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, if you guys want to yeah. pay for it, sure. But, Phil, uh, if you're listening and this is what's going to happen, you have just slapped everybody in the face and you look like a the donkey from Shrek at this point. But- I'm going to say that. But if you buy an Xbox system, you can get Game Pass and get it day one for free. Yeah, uh, as- but again, he has come out and he, Phil has said that he wants to end the exclusivity and all that, blah, 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 blah. And All right, Phil. Astromedes, how about you? Are there any games announced that caught your eye? Uh, what probably caught my eye the most was the tiny, you know, 90 second, whatever trailer that, uh, Sega put out with multiple oh, interesting yes. looking games in it to me, uh, on the forefront, probably golden ax. <laughs> I feel like there have maybe been attempts in the past or maybe just games like it to move, uh, golden ax into a 3d environment, but I am hopeful that, you know, by now with the time and experience we've had and the kind of like resurgence again of 2d games and uh uh developers hopefully being a little wiser about how to use 3d than they were in some of the initial uh rushes to you know convert things from 2d to 3d i think they could potentially do a really good job same thing goes basically for streets of rage which looks like it's getting a similar treatment on like a 3d plane of some kind versus a purely uh 2d environment and i i'm excited at the potential of that yeah, the I the, I remember clearly the like the Shinobi the very what what two or three seconds was two D planed so that one yeah looked... Shinobi yeah and I was gonna say Shinobi actually I wouldn't have been necessarily super excited about Shinobi but actually just the fact that it looks like they're giving it a you know spiffy two D treatment rather than trying to move that one into three D which feels like probably the right move for that game that's really all about kind of split second kind of one hit kills and just move quickly sort of thing that is very well suited to 2D, whereas both of the other games, I mentioned Golden Axe and Streets of Rage, are actually systems where, if done well, that could benefit from three dimensions with kind of more, you know, grapply move sets or whatever the case is, you potentially take advantage of the three dimensions. Yeah, definitely. I, I It's funny you mentioned that. I'm like, how, how the heck did I f- forget that? Because that was like near top of my uh, list beforehand, just with me and my whole Nintendo fanboy reviews of Sega Genesis uh, video game right. series that, that got me into it. I'm like, seeing that, uh, Jimmy Owls will tell you that, like, I was stupid excited when I saw that. Tra- I thought it was going to be a Dreamcast mini reveal because that had been hinted at for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going vague, a, a little bit more of a vaguer type to- topic. Um, and especially as we, if we get ready to close out. Just want to kind of gauge everybody's opinions. Just what what games that we're really just looking forward to that we know that are coming out uh, next year. Again, we we know or have a good understanding that's coming out in twenty twenty four. Like, well, what are we what are we all looking forward to the the most? Um, Storm, I'm going to start off with you. Like, for games that you know that's that's coming next year. Again, doesn't have to be announced on the Game Awards. Like, what what, what are you looking forward to? What, what what's got your eye? The Princess Peach Showdown uh, and um, Donkey Kong versus Mario. Those two I'm looking forward to the most right now. Nice. Good choices. 
and like getting through my video games that I bought. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> Just getting through the that catalog a little bit. But yeah, right now that is what is on my uh, radar. And the Jurassic Park, I have to add. So there you um, go. Simbo, how about you? What are you looking forward to coming out next year? Well, I'm don't. I, I, I was Jurassic Park announced for next year. Was it slated for next year? Or was that just a, you know, first look kind of thing? But they're still far off in production. Good question. I don't because most don't of that know. trailer looks cinematic versus gameplay. Oh, Google. <laughs> yeah, that's a um, that's a good question. But while while we're uh, discussing, because if that is slated for next year, then obviously <laughs> I, I am definitely on board with excited for that. Um, obviously, you know, Star Wars Outlaws has been slated for next year sometime. We don't have a release date that could always be pushed. And if it does get pushed, I hope it's pushed because then it gives more time for polishing. Um Storm, I'm shocked that I'm going to say this before you. And oh my mm-hmm. god, you killed Kenny. Oh, that is slated for next year. <laughs> oh, we don't have an official release date yet, but that is slated for next year. And I think that's a quarter two release, I believe, is what they're eyeballing. But of course, that could change. Um, not uh, really for the most part, you know, not a, a lot that has been confirmed. Confirmed, you know, that, <laughs> and the only thing that really has a release date as of this recording is hell divers 2 i mean it looks fantastic from the the trailer from the vgas again i'm gonna have it's one of those games i'm hemming and hawing over but you know i, I probably will end up picking it up um because it's a game my old gaming crew play you know is interested in playing so i might pick that up because a big reason I got Dead Island 2 was to go play with them again after many, many moons of not, you know, talking to them. Um, but other than that, yeah, I really don't have much uh, in the way of excitement for stuff that, you know, as far as hard release dates. Yeah, I, I am also kind of interested in Helldivers 2. I, I played a fair bit of the first one um and i'm curious to see after seeing some of the you know trailers whatever some of the random videos i've seen of what they're showing us about what they're doing with the second one i'm curious to see what they do with it uh because the first one felt like uh had a lot of options and theoretically it really could benefit from a more kind of fully realized uh 3d plane and more direct uh sort of boots on the ground control of your character but that also potentially opens up uh, a lot of space for it to not feel as good, like my reaction to Risk of Rain 2, where they made it more 3D and everything, and I sort of didn't like it. Um, since I'm blabbering well, now, I'll mention the others. Sorry, go, go ahead, Simbu. Do you have something oh, to say about that? I just, yeah, about Helldivers 2. Um, honestly, I think that this is just going to be more positive for it, for the, the type of game that it is. Being, you know, the first one was like an XCOM style you know, so usually when it comes into those high firefight, you know, high intensity, high action games, if you bring that camera in and this one's going to be the, you know, doom cannon, you know, camera, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I feel that it's really going to benefit and really, you know, intensify the entire game. Yeah, it has a ton of potential, but you you open up a whole lot more kind of like work obviously when you're doing that now it's like there's all like the feel of the individual guns something that's a lot kind of simpler decisions to make when you're zoomed you know this far out basically an overhead view like the original game one was you know you don't have to worry too much about how each gun feels versus it's really it's a very big thing when you can see first person particularly but even like an over-the-shoulder third person there's all sorts of little additional concerns basically it's like there's more places to shoot yourself in the foot the more uh granular your presentation is essentially there's more little yeah. things that could not feel quite right and whatever but i agree <laughs> with you the game is very much uh could benefit from like that sort of increased resolution and control it's just a matter of you know how well they'll execute um and not to mention the haptics of the uh ps5 controller yeah so 
that's <laughs> gonna play that's gonna play a huge part in uh the design for that as you said the gun feels yeah yep uh, other than that, ones I'm looking forward to are Hades 2, I believe, is supposed to be 2024, um, which it's probably enough said about Hades. First Hades is pretty great. Curious to see what they do with the second one. Um, and then uh, Streets of Rogue 2, sort of a deep cut here. Um, first game, Streets of Rogue, came out many years ago at this point, probably I don't know, I'd probably guess maybe eight years ago or something, maybe a little more than that. Uh, but uh, so Streets of Rogue, sort of like a top-down uh, 2D, it's almost like a combination of like a GTA sort of thing uh, mm. with almost a more like uh, Roblox-like sort of, you're a guy who's running around. Uh, it's a weird pull to say Roblox. <laughs> I just say that because it's a 2D presentation. It's a kind of you're always a character presentation, but Streets of Rogue 2 looks like it has a potential to be a kind of deceptively deep, um, weird uh, sort of GTA type simulation game that has like a city with a lot of surprisingly deep kind of moving parts that you're meant to sort of carry out missions throughout like a, an ongoing like mission structure. It looks like Streets of Rogue 2 is maybe going to be a bit more open world, a bit more focused on kind of vehicles you can drive around and stuff like that. So curious about that one. Nice. No, that sounds really cool. Uh, uh, I will have to check that out too because I hadn't heard of, of that at all. Uh, finally, Jamie Owls, how about you? What games are you looking forward to in 2024? Number one for me is the Tomb Raider remastered of the first three original games that comes out on February 14th, which ironically is Lara Croft's birthday. Uh, the second one I'm looking forward to, I believe it was supposed to release this year. Um, it's a horror survival game called Alone in the Dark. It was oh, yeah, a remake or reimagining of the 1992 version. That com comes out in March from what I'm looking at. And of course, the Princess Peach game for the Switch. Um, that one I'm looking forward to. And there's another one. Of course, the other two that I mentioned that were announced during the Game Rewards. And the other game, I I don't think it's going to be released next year. Or they just mentioned it in um, the Game Awards. It's that new DQ game. They were the makers for the Death Stranding I'm kind of curious about what that's going to be. Oh, is that OD? OD. Uh, the the, yeah. the Kojima uh, Bojas? Yeah. What did I say? DQ? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Love one wants Jimmy Dairy Queen. wants the Dairy Queen game. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm always open to trying something new. So I watched um, Inferno Fox play those. But yeah, so those are the games I'm looking forward to. Tomb Raider is number one, honestly. Excellent. Nice. Uh, and finally, as for me, you can catch what games that I'm looking forward to on my future video. Video games I'm looking forward to playing coming out in 2024, probably in a couple weeks. I'm going to be releasing that in, in a, a little bit. But I want to go ahead and uh, wrap things up here and just say a big thank you to everybody uh, on the, the, the team here, the cast and the crew. Uh, always have a lot of fun having our discussion. And today was no... It, exception uh talking about the aftermath and afterbirth that is the 2023 game awards and of, of course i'd like, like to thank first my partner and partner in crime jamie owls jamie owls thank you so much for joining us oh it's a pleasure to be here thank you storm rose sky of youtube and twitch channels of storm rose sky storm have you thought about uh live streaming any of your gameplay on ps5 because you can you can do it like directly to twitch or uh youtube that's what i was playing with with my youtube channel it's, it's really easy you know i have played with it on my um for twitch i have streamed a couple of times not a whole lot i need to do a lot more because i it is super simple compared to having to uh a stream with the switch and connecting the switch to the computer and then using OBS and 
whatnot and at least i don't have to use obs through that and obs is just a computer hog and it slows everything down anyway but yes i have used it i need to play around with the youtube function because i think it would if you can directly stream to youtube from it i'll check into that too nice yeah that that's what i was doing the other day on my own like personal channel just to try and get it down before i actually start to put it on inferno fox gaming on youtube one of the things that i need to do is make sure to plug in the uh headphones and and microphone to the controller otherwise what i noticed is doing fork knife festival i hear the the the, yep. the click yeah. constant clicking of all the yes the, the yes. buttons and everything and it's like okay that's that that's that's not going to sound good for people the the, <laughs> the viewer the the one viewer who will watch my live stream <laughs> so I, I have to think Jeez. of the viewer if that's the case then it would be just like you know they'll be just like they're playing the game with you because that's exactly. what we hear too <laughs> I want the ASMR of all those button presses. I can't fall asleep unless someone is tapping uh, soothingly on a controller. Well, then you I, I do want to say one thing real quick. If you decide, if you check out Storm Rose while she's live streaming, make sure BOT is nowhere in your name. You will get Insta banned. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, you will. Exactly. <laughs> um, next up, of course, I just again thanking uh, Astromedes, aka Hot Slice, developer and co-owner of Second Place Games. Astromedes, thank you again for joining us. Thanks for having me. And that name people gave me is Top Slice, not Hot Slice. I like mine better. <laughs> Flop Ice. <laughs> exactly. And, and last but not least, we have our level five grandpa. Uh, primary actor or main actor at Basement of the Dead, located in Aurora, Illinois. Simbu, Simbu, the Simbu Dark Fang, aka the best player at Fork Knife. Don't challenge me on this, Simbu. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm I, that is not me. But happy Fourth of July, everybody! And <laughs> thank you so much for joining uh, our, our wonderful audience. And have a great day.